So, on the 4th of July, I went and saw The Sound of Freedom. And so did many of you. Now, when I went and saw it in the theater, it was probably only uh, 30-ish percent filled. Like, every row had a couple couple to a few people in it. It wasn't like a packed house, maybe just under half. But, you know... The audience was very audibly engaged. You heard gasps, you heard crying, you heard people talking. And then at the end, I'll throw it up actually. You know what? I'm going to throw it up, uh, the picture I took of it. Because I threw it up, I took a picture of it and I meant to post it. Uh, of a barcode, a little, a little QR scanner that will help you get tickets. And uh, it, it, the way they're explaining it sounds like they also have set aside a thing for free tickets that people can get occasionally. To see this movie. So I'll throw that up at the end of this episode. But it's a very engaging movie. It doesn't. It honestly kind of strikes. At, it hits you sort of like. Uh, you know I don't mean to blow smoke up your ass here right. So it kind of hits you as like. One of those Daily Wire type films. But really really well done. And it's not a Christian film necessarily. There's a lot, like, there's a few references to Christianity, like, a couple, like, the two times he says God's children are not for sale, and there's a, like, I believe one prayer, if you remember correctly, that's kind of it, that's kind of it, and it's not even, like, really a prayer scene, it's just him having a little couple seconds to himself, and they show it for more dramatic effect. The movie isn't really pushing Christianity on anyone, it's a, it focuses exclusively on, this is who Tim is, this is his story. This is how we got into saving, like, busting of these human traffickers, how we got into Operation Underground Railroad, and his origins, and this program's origins. That's really what it focuses on. Christianity happened to be part of his life, so, of course, it gets a little feature in the movie. I highly recommend you guys go see it. That being said, in... So, everyone was writing about how Indiana Jones... In a five-day weekend, Indiana Jones finally made money! Good for it. In two and a half days, not even, Sound of Freedom, a film that was rejected by studio after studio, made on a shoestring budget, reclaimed its budget, and then blew past Indiana Jones in the box office. Now, mind you, Indiana Jones is Harrison Ford's fucking swan song. And Harrison Ford and, and Indiana Jones is just Steven Spielberg's punching Nazi fantasies. That's all it is. That's all it fucking is. Steven Spielberg in interviews be like, I love archaeology. I'm super into history. It's a self-insert. It's a fanfic. That's why every movie, punch a Nazi. Indiana Jones is the universal symbol for punching Nazis, which, theoretically, I don't have a problem with punching Nazis. You know, should the Nazi walk up to me, assault me, or someone I care about, you know, put hands on me. But uh, if someone has that views, me and them, you know, they, they remain chill. We'll probably have an uh, interesting conversation where we deeply disagree with each other on many topics, but we'll still slam a pint or two afterwards. However, indeed, uh, Harrison Ford, in a recent interview, which I'll throw at the beginning or the end of this episode, said, Indiana, Indiana, he was asked, would Indiana Jones punch a Nazi? And he goes, would Indiana Jones punch a Nazi? I'll push you out of the way to punch him myself. He's an old man. He's doddering. I thought it was fucking ridiculous when he came out as Han Solo. And I thought the best part about 
that the smartest move was to kill off Han Solo in that movie. Just because it was such an old character, what more could you fucking do with this actor? Washship has been. Harrison Ford's great. Tons of great movies, but he's not really in great stuff anymore. He's one of these old fogies that's right on his name alone. Same thing with De Niro. You know, they're not turning out grade A material anymore. It's just... They're just all, uh... All the... Oh, what's his fucking name? They're all Marlon Brando's. At the beginning of Marlon Brando's career, he was one of the greatest actors at the time. By the end of his career, he was one of the most lazy, phoned in, constantly leeched off his fucking name, and people just wanted to say they were in a movie with him. So it worked for him. But with the internet, that mystique of fame is really rubbing off. And more people are seeing it as like being uh, working somewhere long enough and becoming the manager of the place you worked at for a long time. That's how people are seeing becoming a content creator. At least I am. Let's get into it after all this monologuing. This is a hit to Hollywood's gatekeeping model. Faith-based producers of Sound of Freedom laud conservative backers for a movie about one man's quest to save children from sex traffickers as it beat Indiana Jones at the box office. Now, I know people who are leftists who really liked this movie. I know people who are leftists who don't want to see the new Indiana Jones film. So, we'll see. Conservative backers, yes. Conservative audience, it actually seems pretty mixed, fairly. This seems to be breaking through and reaching a lot of people on both sides of the aisle. There's a lot of people on the left giving it good reviews. There's a lot of people on the right giving it great reviews. There's a lot of people who, you know, centrist-ish, really, really adore it. But everybody, wait to hear what Movie Bob has to fucking say about it. Right, guys? No, no one cares. Uh, Three points here. The film was distributed by Angel Studios, a Utah-based company that specializes in faith-friendly content. They actually had ads for other movies that they got coming out, and they all kind of look good. I'm not going to lie. And it's an American-based production company that worked and filmed right here in the States. Love it. I live in Michigan, and Rick Snyder passed a tax uh, law that killed the film industry here. Uh, in the late 2010s and early 2010s, or sorry, late 2000s to early 2010s, uh, Michigan, mainly Detroit and areas around Detroit, were uh, getting more and more films filmed in it. It was becoming a big hub for filmmaking. Uh, it had kind of been on the rise since the 80s to film in, in Michigan in various parts. It just really started to kick over that point. And the government at the time passed a tax thing. Uh, I can't remember what the exact regulations on it were, but it forced production companies to pay tons and tons and extra taxes to film in Michigan that they just up, packed up, and left. And it really, and it really hurt because it was one of the things that was, trying to, that was starting to kind of help Detroit recover a little bit because there's excess money that even the corrupt politicians were like, oh, finally, we can film some potholes. But it just it, it emptied a lot of people out when they left. It was a shame. So, you know, make taxation theft again. Its July 4th debut earned $14 million, beating the latest big-budget Indiana Jones installment. The That was in its July 4th debut earned. Just July 4th. It is now, it is now July 7th, 2023. I can only imagine how much money is raked in. This is actually a fairly new article. 
it was updated last night, you know, particularly late too. The heads of Angel Studios says that their crowdfunding model created a community of brought-in supporters who all but guaranteed a successful release by Sophie Mann for Daily Mail. The movie studio behind the distribution of Surprise Smash Sound of Freedom says its success uh, repudiates the model of Hollywood's gatekeeping, which kept the low-budget thriller about the global child trafficking trade out of theaters for nearly a decade. Angel Studios, Jesus, Angel Studios, a distribution company based in Provo, Utah, released Sound of Freedom on July 4th to a $14 million theatrical debut, besting Disney, Lucasfilm, and the most recent Indiana Jones film released for, uh, released and forcing Hollywood to look twice at both the film and its director, or, and its distributor, my apologies. Which is really interesting because I, uh, I, uh, I hadn't really heard much about it. I'd seen talks on YouTube, you know, I listened to, like, Neurotic. Uh, I follow, like, you know, movie channels, too. I don't just want to listen to politic content creators, you know. I, I work long shifts, so I got a lot of time to have one headphone in. <laughs> but I listen to, like, Critical Drinker, uh, and, like, their shows. I listen to a lot of, like, that kind of ethosphere. You know, I'll slip in, and I'll admit this. I know it's like saying you like Nickelback, but I unironically enjoy The Nostalgia Critic. I'm a 25-year-old man, and I enjoy the Nostalgia Critic. Go fuck yourselves. I don't care if you don't like him. Now that you have a Juario, that's a different story, and that's never sat right with me, but I like him. Go back to a different time period. The film, which was once passed on by Disney. Oh, Disney passed on a film about child exploitation? Ah, I wonder why. Uh, stars Jim Caviezel, a.k.a. Jesus, from uh, Mel Gibson's film. In the thriller about child sex trafficking. Quote, we're so excited about the box office success, but what what that number actually represents is awesomeness, said Jordan Harmon, who co-founded Angel Studios along with his three brothers. Let's check out the trailer real quick. Have you ever wanted to build your own bottle of whiskey? No. Let's get into it. I do love the way they went between like security camera footage and like acting, like real stuff. How you feel? Giving a child his freedom. So good. You have been at this for twelve years. My country tis of thee. Why are you doing it? God's children are not for sale. It is the fastest growing international crime network that the world has ever seen. For homeland security, you know we can't go off rescuing Honduran kids in Colombia. This job tears you to pieces. And this is my one chance to put those pieces back together. You have failed to bring me one real world lead. It's over, Tim. Close up and come back home. 
so you quit your job and you go and rescue those kids. change this world so we want to ignite a fire in audiences and open their eyes to the dark reality of millions of children that need our help let's make this film a historic event and the start the end of child trafficking theaters across this country are already selling out pre-order your tickets today and you can send the message that god's children are no longer for sale Corny as hell, but that should get that that did hit me a little bit. Let's let's get into the article. It's a genuinely very good movie. It it, it tugs. There are there are times where Jim Caviezel comes off a little cardboardy, but look for the last handful of handfuls of years and years and years and years, we've dealt with a creepy pedophilic Hollywood that has built itself upon the bones of children, and now we have a cultural pushback. And a film leading that charge is a film shining a light on the very thing so many Hollywood producers, actors, directors, writers, and so many other people in that sphere have benefited and drawn slick, sick pleasure from. Look at the Epstein client list. Know what I'm talking about here. Sub Tom Hanks. So now we have a pushback that's changing that up, and I love it. The film is based on the true story of former government agent Tim Ballard, who quits his job working for the feds in order to skirt up the, the skirt of bureaucracy that comes along with going overseas to rescue children from human traf- traffickers. Pardon me. The studio held a goal of selling two million tickets on its opening day, in its opening week, to represent the number of kidnapped children across the globe. On July 4th, Sound of Freedom brought in $14 million, while the newest Indiana Jones film only earned $11.5 million. La 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 la. Uh, disparity is only worse by the time you're watching this video, I guarantee it. According to the Post Millennial. Wow, Daily Mail site in the Post Millennial. The film, also starring Miranda Sorvino, is playing at 2,600 theaters across the country and has earned a largely positive review, uh, positive reviews, even from critics who are not fully on board with studios uh, with the studio's apparent cultural alignment. Oh well, good on them for actually seeing past that. The movie currently holds an 88% on uh, 88% fresh score from critics on Rotten Tomatoes and 100% 
uh, from audience, a 100% audience score. Quote, let's assume that, like me, you're not right wing, a right-wing fundamentalist conspiracy theorist looking for a dark faith-based suspense film to see over the holiday weekend, wrote Vanity's Owen Gilberman. Quote, even then, you needn't hold extreme beliefs to experience The Sound of Freedom as, as a compelling movie that shines an authentic light on one of the crucial criminal horrors of our time. One that Hollywood has mostly shied away from. Yeah, because Hollywood has too many people who benefit off of it. I.e. Epstein. Part of the early... Anyone Oprah's friends with, really. Part of the early success of films... Of the film is owed to the studio's... Uh, propriety pay... Uh, pay it for technology, which allows moviegoers to purchase tickets for others who may not otherwise be able to see the film. That's what I was talking about in the beginning. Interesting. I like that. So I will definitely be throwing a picture that I took myself. The Sound of Freedom ra- uh, racked up more than $10 million in pre-sale according to Variety. Nice. This kind of looks like the guy who worked for the Biden administration who just got arrested. Yeah, good stuff. Based out of Provo, Utah, Angel Studios rose from the ashes of Vivid Angel, a streaming service that filtered objectable, objectionable content out of movies and streamed those films online for customers. So basically a Christianly edited filming streaming service. Got it. Several major studios, including Disney, sued the company into bankruptcy. The original owner ended up selling it after agreeing to pay the studios $10 million. Oh, shit. Now that's funny. It was also Disney that passed the distribution of Sound of Freedom, leading the filmmaker to buy back the rights and approach Angel Studios. That's, again, this. so the amount of full circle here is actually quite poetic. The uh, four Harmon brothers, Neil, Jeff, Jordan, and Daniel, co-founded the studio, which had several major successes, including The Chosen, a serialized drama about the life of Jesus, which raised more than $100 through fan funding to cover several seasons of production costs. I had heard of it. I've never seen it, though. I I never really heard good or bad things about it. I just kind of know it existed through word of mouth. But no one kind of talked to me in a way that made them seem like overly interested in it. But I, 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 no one seemed to hate it. So there's that. I'm just trying to give you an honest review based on what I've heard so far and what I've seen. For this film, the studio raised five million for its print and advertising budget. Harmon and Jared Geasley, the studio's SVP of global distribu- uh, distribu- uh, distribution, agreed that the film's Tuesday performance exceeded the expectations that was not altogether a surprise precisely because of their crowdfunding model, comprised of a small dollar donor to previous uh, uh, previous projects. Angel Studios consulted a group of 100,000 people known as the Angel Guild about the film before they decided to distribute it. Harmon and Geasley said... They uh, they were bullish about the movie's chances, not just because of the quality and renaissance, <laughs> but because it had already been the focus of gr- 
uh, been focus grouped, a strategy they uh, they plan to uh, they plan to continuing they plan to continuing employing they continue employing where possible. What you meant to say? Oh, let's look at the chick and the boys. I was confused for a couple of seconds. The movie's debut has also helped establish Angel Studios as a hub for not just faith-based content, but a wider variety of stories. The studio projects will be faith-friendly, Geasley told DailyMail.com. He added, and it must really piss off people like Ben Shapiro that this studio came up and out of fucking nowhere and just blew their ass out of the fucking water. That's great. I find that funny. Get pissed on, Ben. Lol. He added, It means any religion, but the studio heads want to branch out to a number of other themes so long as they amplify light. The motto the team uses to select and guide their pro- their projects. Curious what that means. It's a little vague. Angel's crowdfunding model is integral to what the company's leader uh, leaders feel is their core mission, building a community around their content and establishing a committed base of fans who feel connected to the stories and the company. Quote, every major studio wants an IP with a very passionate community. We know that the power of community and... Uh, we know the power of community and can also build one from the ground up. It's less to do with money and more to do with the community, said Geasley. Something you would ideally hope the church would be about more. (laughs) Pardon me. Alright. Sorry. There is a little reason to ditch uh, the studios and not have any plans to back away from the crowdfunding model anytime soon. There is little reason to ditch the model for a more big-budget studio setup. Grassroots investors in multiple angel projects have been paid back amounts worth of 120% of their initial investments. Now that's the investment. Like, that's the kind of shit. Like, like I said, if I was stupid rich, I would just be culture jamming. Like, insane amounts. Uh, have been paid back worths of 120% of their initial investment, according to the studio executives. That's nice. Let's scroll down here to the comments and see what they have to say. Oh, I hate how they do this thing. Anyway. JO521969 from the United Kingdom says, The Guardian describes this movie as being a QAnon conspiracy. Conspiracy. Yet, back in 2016, they actually wrote an article on how rifle, uh, rife child sex trafficking was in Colombia. Lol. Yeah, based. Uh, when to see from the Maldives says, Good on ya, Jim Caviezel. Bravo. Yeah, absolutely. And Vanna says, A movie worth watching. We never go and see movies anymore, but we'll go see this one. Kudos to the men and women who risked it all to rescue innocent children. Thank you, DM, for the heads up. Alright, folks, that being said, I highly recommend you go see that movie. That QR code's coming up right at the end of this episode. And I shall talk to you guys later.